We're live. Woohoo! Hey. There we go. And we uh, <laughs> we got. It was so underwhelming. I haven't heard that in two months. It's it's uh <laughs> it's subtle. It's subtle today because our guest today is um subtle. very subtly cunning and and brilliant and smart and good at what he does. And but wow. again, and, and this is kind of how I was going to tee you up actually. I was going to say that, so our guest today is Ronnie Young. Uh, I've known Ronnie for a bunch of years now, and he most recently has been doing all of the live sound for Periphery. He's worked with a ton of bands. Uh, I'll let him sort of tell you who else he has worked with over the years, but he's an excellent live sound guy, an excellent studio sound guy, great at mixing, great at everything technical and audio and creative in the... uh, the, the sound world, I guess that's how I would describe it. But what's great also leading to going back to that first point about Ronnie is that um, he is subtle. Like he's in the room, but he knows his role. He's self-aware. He knows his, his space. He knows when to step in, when to step back. Um, he is a very particular person, if I could say so. And I mean that in a good way. He knows what he likes and he knows what he doesn't like. Um, I think that he lives by a code. Now, that code has never actually been communicated to me by Ronnie. But again, when you live with somebody on a tour bus for you know months at a time or, or you know at months when you add it all up, you start to really pick up on people's habits, on people's um, different tendencies, routines, things like that. And I really think that Ronnie does live by a code. And uh, it's a great one for that because it is always presented in a very professional way, um, in a very clean way. That's a word I like to use to describe Ronnie. Very clean and well put together. Yes. I'll take that. Um, I'll take that. There you go. But look, I mean... The, 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 this intro is, is to sort of give people an understanding of um, sort of how you are and it is, a, it is a positive sense of reserve and a positive code that I think you live by and those are the kinds of things that I want to talk with you about today, um, specifically in relation to the state of the world and with you really having you know, your schedule and what is normal for you most of the year, year after year, completely get flipped on its head. Um, So, you know, that's kind of where it is, but I'll, uh, I'll stop there. And and I guess, let me tee this up for you. So do you think there's any validity to this code idea that I'm, (laughs) that I'm peddling to everybody right now? Uh, I've never thought about it, but when I do think about it, I can see why you would feel that way, and I guess I kind of do. But it's my only like rule on the road is just just don't be a dick. Can I swear on this? Yeah. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Don't be a fucking dick. Like you've got to share the space, and it's really quite a small space, and so you have to know you have to be able to read a room. And I feel like I'm pretty good at reading rooms. Uh, and listening to rooms, of course, but like, yeah, just and also on the cleanliness thing. Thanks, because I do try to be quite clean. Uh, but yeah, I guess the code is like it's quite broad. But just, just don't, don't be a dick and learn how to read the room. 
are the only two things I really try to take onto it. Okay. Ronnie, uh, being able to read the room, is that something that has just been natural for you? Or is that actually a skill that you've had to become aware of and then over time cultivate? Uh, I think I developed it while I was teaching. So I'm a qualified teacher. And before I started touring full time, that's what I was doing. So, you know, sensing trouble among the teens and like figuring out moods and how people are reacting to things and and st like it's quite uh, an integral part of being a teacher i think and so you know being able to just go on a tour bus and oh there's a meeting happening all right make myself scarce kind of thing uh i don't think it's really difficult but i do think there are people who might i'm sure you've worked with a few um who have trouble with that and it gets hairy. Thankfully, I actually haven't had that many hairy situations on the road, but there's definitely been tension among other people. And at that point, I'm out the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're really good at sensing that. And, um, you know, I, I hope you have this perception as well. I don't typically think that within the periphery camp, there's ever any crazy tension. There's certainly business discussions and things that that are um, that are more serious throughout the day, but never, I, I don't think, in the form of drama between us. Um, at least most of the time, and when there has been, it's been pretty, I think, exceptional in that sense. You know, um, and even then, I mean, you or anybody else we're with exercises sort of that discretion and that caution that's needed um, in those moments when people are kind of having uh having deeper discussions but i think that's sort of part of of what i'm talking about i think the other thing that i really have noticed about you based on our interactions as well as your interactions with other that i think falls into this code is you know it's do unto others as as you want people to do back to you for sure um and i say this in the most uh respectful way because i think this is a very good trait is you are sensitive like I am. I think they're, uh, you know, like we're both yeah. strong, big guys, right? We are good at what well. we, what, <laughs> no, uh, seriously. I mean, I know what you mean. I and if somebody mean. saw you and me walking down the street together, we're both like the same height, right? Yeah. We're both six, three, six, four. Um, I don't think someone would look at you necessarily with your hands tattooed and tattoos all over your body and say, oh, there's a really sensitive guy. But again, I say that in, in a good way because I think that sensitivity allows you to be empathetic, allows you to love animals and understand, oh <laughs> yeah, and understand people. Um, and I think, again, based on my interactions with you, that's why you have probably been pretty successful in navigating the state of, of your world over the past couple months because you are able to sort of look around you, assess the situation and figure out how, I'm guessing, but maybe you can respond, how you can be the best for yourself and therefore the best for others, which is definitely a theme that we've been discussing in these episodes as of late. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, handling the, like, you know, pandemic is... So, to, I've had three takeaways this week. I don't know what's happened. I can't remember the last time I did that. But 
like today I went for a run and I felt like I was going to die. So I'm starting to turn it around. Um, but it's just, it's like up and down. And the main thing is like, I've got two housemates. So it's sort of like being on tour where you have to try not to let your bad moods affect anybody else. And you have to try not to let anybody else's bad moods affect you, which, you know, on the sensitivity thing can be, quite difficult especially when you've got the added pressure of like i mean i don't think i'm going to go back on tour until 2021 at this point although Pliny has some mainland europe stuff in october and live music started in germany the other day but i don't know how that's going to go so there's a very slim chance that i might have some shows in october but like adjusting to that's still a long time that's a long time. Right. It's a really long time. And like the UK government furlough scheme. Uh, Joe, are you based in the UK? Yeah. Yeah, I live okay. in Bristol. Yeah. So the, the furlough scheme has been all right. It's, I personally don't really have any complaints about it so far. Oh, actually, I have one gripe, but whatever. Like, um, But adjusting from that lifestyle, like I was supposed, I should have, since I got home from our run, in February, I was out with Carl Baum. We did four shows that got cut off. I almost got stuck in the Czech Republic. Um, and then I flew home. I should have been out with Chon and I should have been out with uh, Stray from the Path in a few days. And then it was out the summer with you guys. So already the impact has been like, well, what am I going to do instead? And you just have to sort of, I've been trying to think of like, well, what am I good at? What else can I do? Because I can't go back to teaching, it's not an option. I can't go get a retail job, it's not an option. So I'm trying to, well, I'm actually mixing, but like just doing more of that and like, you know, reaching out to you, Matt, and being like, hey, I've got some shows on a hard drive, perhaps we'll do a single. That was the first, like, okay, I can definitely do something. Um, I've gone off on a massive tangent, I can't even remember what the thing was, how I've adjusted it. It's, it's, it's been difficult and you know as a sensitive person as you put it it's also mentally been quite a challenge as well um i i miss the smelly two of us more than i've ever missed a smelly metal container in my life yeah um but just doing what i can and like that's i think on on feeding into what you were saying as well like I'm not under any illusions about my career so far has been very, very short and I'm mixing bands that are a lot bigger than what should be given the time that I've actually been touring a front of house. So yeah, I guess I just think, I just honestly think it feeds back to the like, don't be a dick thing because if I wasn't, if I couldn't read a room and I wasn't that fun to hang around with, then nobody would want to take me out you know like if try you know think about like if you hired the best sound guy alive and you know after four days he was just absolutely unbearable to be around regardless of whether he's the best sound guy or not you would be looking for a replacement someone who could gel better with the crew someone who was maybe a little bit more sensitive if that was his issue um yeah, just it's it's essentially the, the the flip is like going around, going from being around all of my friends 
24 hours a day to like being with my housemates who are two of my best friends but the the difference is like there's no traveling there's no noise uh we're not going out for coffee every morning or you know hinting at ronnie to make the coffee every morning matt um it's just it's tough it's tough and like i'm not the only one who has it tough i'm just i'm one of many you know yeah well, I think, and that, that was the, what I was going to say. I mean, a, there's a lot of people who are going through those exact things. There, there is no more hustle bustle. There's no more noise. The streets are quiet. You can't really go anywhere. Um, you can't gather with people that you haven't seen in a while, at least not in person. Uh, and there is there there, there is a a big difference between these Skype and Zoom calls, um, you know, and and actually being with people in person. There there are other senses and sensory sort of parts of parts of us that get stimulated when we're together in a room. Um, yep. It feels different. There's there's definitely a, a palpable energy in that sense, but. Um, it seems like out of a lot of my friends, though, you've been doing really well in figuring out what you can do. Like, again, hitting us up and being like, hey, I have some live live tracks. You know, Maybe we should do a live track or a live video, which we got together and we released a live music video where Randy got yeah. to do his side. And that was, yeah, it was your idea. Um, so, I mean, I guess the, the, the productivity and being proactive is something that I'd like to talk about further because okay. we, a lot of our listeners are struggling. I don't, I was going to say floundering, but I think that's a very negative word. Um, I think they're struggling, but they want to do better. Um, yeah. They want to figure out ways. And, and this is something that isn't just in like our group, like my wife, dude, I mean, she has a job right now. But her job is in sponsorships for live events. Uh, and she can't sell any sponsorships. So she can only yeah. do so much work during the day. And she has been trying to figure out what else can she do with her time, whether that be just simply creatively or to make money, but also creatively because you really can't go and do anything out outwardly. So yeah, that's that's been a thing. But I think... Um, and, and I want to get Justin's comment, but like you definitely seem like you jumped in pretty quickly and got moving with getting things done, whether it be mixing or writing your own music or yeah. finding live tracks for us or the other bands you're working with. Um, so hold your response for one second. Justin, go, go ahead. Yeah, I just quickly wanted to say that uh, Carly and I, my fiance, we, I mean, and she made me aware of this the other night and I can't stop thinking about it, that we really just flipped the script on the on the virus and all the time we have and all these things. And instead of looking at it negatively, we've just been having this conversation of, you know, what are the gifts of the virus? You know, this, the podcast, this would not be happening right now. You know, Matt and I had, had rekindled the relationship of us training together, uh, and then it slowly uh, petered out only because we realized the, the severity of the virus. It, it, we couldn't get together anymore and train in my garage. Uh, and... and through those kind of conversations of, of training, we, we decided, oh, you know, this is like the perfect time to bring back this, you know, format of us having conversations remote, even though we can't be together. And even from when we started the podcast a few years back to now, the, you know, the gift of, of having platforms like this and being able to 
record in, in this manner and everyone can be remote and we can still connect. And, uh, you know, I've just been really grateful for all the gifts. I, I know that, you know, I have uh, a bit more time with my fiance who's normally who has no time and now has a little bit more free time. So we've been able to do, you know, gardening, uh, working out together, watching movies together, just, you know, and, and then reconnecting and rekindling old relationships with old friends, reaching out to more people. So it, it's crazy, but I realize the gift of the virus is that most of this wouldn't be happening if it weren't for the virus. So I'm curious, and, you know, to Matt's point as well, uh, you quickly shifting gears from where you were, which would have been go, 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 to now, whoa, I can't do anything that I'm used to doing, going on the road, being away with all your friends. What are the gifts now, you know, gifts that now you're giving, right? Of course, reaching out to people, reaching out to Matt and saying, hey, let's release an, uh, a live track. You know, but what are the other things that maybe have come from this that you go, oh, I'm sitting back. I actually have all this time now to reflect. Uh, there are some nuggets, you know, some gifts that are coming out of the virus. Uh, well, I finished my album, which is a huge gift because we had just a couple of little things that I don't know, Joe, if you can relate to this, like the tiny little things, but the things that take the most amount of like time and concentration. Yeah. I had so many of those tiny little things to do and no time to do them in because it was like, get home from America and I'm home for like less than a week. And it's like, okay, well, hang on. I want to just spend a day in my own bed with no one around. And then I want to play on the Xbox. And I want to go and see my, my mom and all of that sort of stuff. And then before I know it, I'm like, oh, well, I've got to be in the airport tomorrow. So I didn't get any of that done. So that's finished. Um, I have been reading more now. Uh, I tend to find I'm reluctant to start books because I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to have the time to really focus on this when I'm on the road. So I'm not going to start it to then have to restart it again and then restart again and then restart again. Um, there's, there's a lot of a lot of little things. I've been communicating with friends from home more. Um, we've been doing the house party thing because um, that was one thing that I was completely neglecting for the past couple of years, completely on me, was like I was away and I fell into that trap of, Matt, I don't know if you've ever experienced this or, or any of you really, but like you start traveling more so people start getting in touch less and then the immediate reaction is like, well... If they're not texting me, I'm not going to text them. And then before you know it, you haven't seen anyone in like five months. And then you're just like, ah, oh, shit, I should probably just be a grown-up and get in touch with someone when I'm home. Um, but yeah, gifts gifts of the virus. Well, that was the initial thought was like, okay, I am not going to just sit on my sofa for an indefinite period of time. I have to do something. Um and thankfully a list of things just presented itself where like you know before I, if if it had been between the carbon tour and the stray shows um i probably wouldn't have even considered doing the live single because it would have been like well i don't feel like i have the appropriate amount of time to just only concentrate on this thing um so yeah there's a, there's a couple of things what about what about everybody else Actually, Joe, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, what you've been up to, um, and then I want to kind of synthesize a few of the things that have been said and, and share my perspective. What have I been up to? Um, <clears throat> this week has been 
I've been pretty like I've been speaking to other people and they've said they've felt something similar. It's like this week was the first week where I've kind of felt just like I'm so done with this now. Um, I've been there's been like periods of time where I'm just like bored out of my head and it's stressing me out because I'm so bored. But I know there's things I could do, but I just don't want to. And I've been like, I was chatting to my neighbor yesterday and he was saying like the exact same thing. And I've had like four, five, six different people sort of saying like this week has been really tough. And I don't know why that is. If it's sort of, someone suggested that maybe it was cause like there was hope that the government were going to start easing uploads. Um, and that hasn't happened, which in my opinion is a good thing. Cause I think we should be doing this cautiously. Um, I, there's a part of me that does worry about everything going back too quickly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, like it's like there's a there's a day in January which is called like Black Monday or something, where it's like statistically the most depressing day of the year. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if like we're in that time period, like after the lockdown occurring, is it like the same ratio of time that this is like? The black week. I don't know, but um, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, keep going, keep going. But just mostly doing the same stuff: work, trying to be creative, um, spending time with my wife, who's now back at work, which is interesting. Um, in its own ways, but yeah, pretty much, much the same stuff. I, I've, uh, I've found that this week there's, there's some sense of that kind of vibe but i've i guess i've been practicing uh some new things to get to to basically satisfy the negative feelings with something better that i can feel better about um i've just felt like i want to be a little bit more bold with this situation um Still being cautious, still being safe, still doing all the things that that we need to do to protect one another. But I, I sort of hit this like hump where it was like, you know what? Like, if I want to go out and run an errand, I'm gonna go fucking run an errand. And if I need to go do something and it involves being around people, then I'm gonna go do it. And I'm gonna have enough confidence in myself and trust in myself that I will do everything I need to to protect myself. But I'm not gonna be trapped in this physical space that I can't get out of. And I'm also not going to be trapped in this mental cycle of worrying about everything I touch and worrying about every little thing that I'm doing. And, um, I think I, I I was doing it sort of, um, subconsciously for about a week now, but I had a conversation with my mom yesterday and, um, my my sister was just really getting on her about the potential of interacting with other people. I mean, even like how my stepdad would go out to the deli and have curbside delivery. My sister is sort of in a place that I think I was at many, many weeks ago where it was like every, every little exposure is certain death. Um, mm. You know, she was like, you're, you're letting them like put a bag of food in the back of your car. You're letting them touch your car handle. And it's like, yeah, we can wipe it down. Like there's a solution for, for almost all of these social interactions. There is a solution to make sure that you're protected, like wear a mask so that, and, and if other people are wearing masks, you're upping that 
that you know the odds of, of being safe. Um, I don't know. I guess I've been sort of feeling fed up, but I think I've been doing more about it, which has made me feel better. And it's just small things. It's like I was wearing gloves when I was picking up packages. Now I'm not wearing gloves when I'm picking up packages and I'm opening them up and I'm bringing the stuff inside the packages inside. And then I wash my hands mm. rather than having to wear gloves. Like, I know it seems like a little step, but it's a big step because mentally I've let go of some of that fear and I still, and I, and I feel better after washing my hands the same way I would have if I had worn gloves, but also tortured myself through the process. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, um, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely letting, letting up in that way a little bit. Um, and I feel better about it because I, I, I feel like that is how we're all going to have to eventually um, adapt to this situation because it's likely it is going to go on for a long time in some semblance of this of this scenario. I mean, it's, it's not going to go away tomorrow. So we have to decide if we're going to just continue to live in this extreme state of caution and fear or if we're going to live in a controlled confident state of caution and mm -hmm. and remove the fear from it you know remove the erratic behavior that some people are showing um you know and, and the last thing i'll say about it is is it's it's been interesting when i first started going out like if i would go to you know the supermarket or target um and I would see the workers there being just like going about their days. Like they didn't care. At first I was like, God, these people like, they're crazy. They're so crazy. And now I find myself sort of in that mental state where it's like, all right, again, like I'll just protect myself and I'll be fine. And I'll be cautious of others around me and I'll be fine. But if, if I had a job like that where I would go to a retail space and work, um, I'd be going now. I may have been a little bit fearful to go before. But at this point, I'd go because it's healthy. I think it's healthy to do it. I think mentally and physically it's healthy to just get out and start challenging yourself safely. So that's that's what I wanted to say in regards to what you were talking about, Joe. Jordan, what were you going to say? So so a few things. Uh, first, I, I want to – I think this is a nice time to, to give that reminder of let's be really, really easy – uh, and kind to uh, to and on ourselves, uh, because from what you just shared, Matt, I relate to it. I'm sure all of us relate to it. Uh, just the decision of I'm not going to put on gloves to touch something. Like there is a ton of fucking energy swirling through your mind and body to come to that decision. So even though it seems like such a trivial thing, and on the surface level, it is a trivial thing. Do I put on gloves or do I not? Like there's so much that went into that decision. And even in the times that you're still grabbing something that was delivered, uh, you're still probably kind of wrestling with that decision in some way. Um, so in all of these moments, like, let's just remember, like, this shit is fucking hard. Uh, it's very, very novel for all of us. We've never really had to deal with something like this before. Uh, and look, it's easy to judge other people. It's so easy. Like, yo, that motherfucker out there without the mask and without the gloves. Look, of course, we want to uh, have some level of, of safety and caution. 
Um, but just as easy as it is to judge the other, it's almost easier to judge ourselves. Often we don't realize it. So I, I think to, to just be kind and easy on ourselves as we continue to, to struggle with all this decision making, um, I, I think it's just a, a really healthy reminder to, to, you know, go slow and with ourselves and to take care of ourselves and not beat ourselves up because we will vacillate. There's some times where we're going to be way more heightened in, in our fear, in our anxiety. And other times we're going to feel really emboldened uh, and say, you know what, it's not worth it. And I'm going to go take that walk and, and be closer to people than, than if I were just to stay at home. Um, so to kind of uh, circle back a bit, uh, Matt, you were talking about, you know, a lot of our listeners and, and many of us who, who may be struggling with the ways in which we occupy our time. Uh, for a lot of listeners, especially those who may look at some of us as people who are high achievers and also produce things, uh, but share them more publicly like this podcast, uh, they may think that in order to occupy their time in a productive way, uh, means something, uh, maybe far grander than, than, than maybe what it needs to be. Ronnie mentioned reading books. Uh, I relate to Ronnie in that if I'm going to read a book, like I want to be in the book, like I want to be chipping away at it every day because when you read a book, you kind of live in it. You know, we, we don't watch movies in chunks, but books we kind of have to read in chunks because of the time it takes. So when I'm reading a book, I want to be like in it uh, from day to day. I've had a bunch of books uh, about Walt Disney, the man and, and Walt Disney, the company that have been sitting in a closet for nearly 15 years. Uh, in, in like 2005, Justin and I put out uh, uh, an instrumental record and the artwork was heavily inspired by the mid-century Disney films. So I got a bunch of books, never read them. I finally grabbed the, what, what I think is like the definitive Walt Disney biography that came out first, maybe in the seventies. Uh, I've been reading that every day and it has been one of the most productive things that I have done in the past uh, few weeks during this quarantine. I am so inspired uh, by, by his story. I have learned so much uh, from his mindset. I have learned so much about entrepreneurship and business uh, through the growth of his company. I have learned so much about uh, American and world culture as the book is traveling through the, uh, the, the you know, influenza a hundred years ago, and then both world wars. So in all these ways, me reading one book has been so valuable uh, to me. And, and because of that, one of the most productive things that I have done. I can relate to that too. I can relate to that too. For sure. I, sure. I, you know, it's weird. I'm hearing like a, hearing some a uh, doubling effect. Yeah. 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 How about now? <coughs> I think it's good now. Um, oh, good for me. Yeah, there we go. Um, I've found that too. Some of the books that I've read during this time have been uh, some of the most productive parts of my days because it's giving me things to think about. It's giving me things to like one, it's giving me a place to put all the energy that if unused would probably swirl into negative thoughts, bad thoughts, anxious thoughts, whatever. Um, but it's been inspiring to start thinking about new things to do or try or, or do. And, you know, it's funny. So Justin, one of the books that I'm reading has a focus on, there's a part of it that's about Laird Hamilton and his training methods um, right. and talks about some of his sauna work and some of the things that he's doing. 
Um, and I've been thinking about like, okay, I don't have a pool, right? Right. But mm-hmm. um, how can I sort of try the same ideas with the workouts that I'm doing? So one of the things that I've been doing is actually combining like really intense um, Laird Hamilton style out of pool workouts with nasal breathing, right? Which is really hard. And it's in some ways it's similar to being in a pool because if you typically breathe out of your mouth, um, that's how you're used to getting your oxygen. Your nose probably isn't even opened up anywhere near as much as, as your, your throat and your mouth passages. So when you're working out and your heart rate's up and you're breathing heavy and you're like forcing yourself not to open your mouth and breathe through your nose, it's like being underwater. Um, and I think that's part of that training. But anyway, I thought, I think you'd find that interesting because what I'm, I'm trying to do two things. One, I'm trying to train harder. I'm trying to create more focus in the training by not having it just be on, the weights and the technique, which, you know, I feel good about now it's on, can I control my breath and can I develop CO2 tolerance and can I create more oxygen being optimized in my blood that way, um, through that whole process and that whole practice. And it's really fucking hard, but it's a good challenge. And now it makes me think about, okay, well, when I do have access to a pool, Whose pool is it going to be and can I bring weights so I can go under the water and try this shit? Yeah, anyway, yes, definitely. So go ahead. Yeah, quickly, I, I just wanted to say a, a couple of things to that. I think I think the, the macro perspective on that is uh, maybe spending less time worrying about the things that we we can't do and, and you know worrying about what's outside and the virus and picking up the package and oh my god because I can wash my hands yes it lives on a surface but I'm not going to touch it and then like you know touch everything on myself before I go wash my hands right so spending more time thinking about these alternative methods of things that you can do that sound uh, one highly rewarding and also are highly inspiring that's a great place for everyone to start putting their energy. You know, Jordan and I, I think we, he recently said something about the, you know, we talked about like the, the, the web pages that you go to and, and the, the things that you spend your time kind of researching. If that's the stuff that gets you going, you might as well triple down on that right now and really start thinking of what else can you do with those things? If, if, if you love them so much, you might as well start diving into them a bit more, right? And that might be to, to Ronnie's point, uh, you know, connecting with all of his friends and now helping them facilitate all this new uh, material uh, from old material, you know, just finding new ways to, uh, to repurpose it in this time where we have the time. Matt, to your point real quick. Uh, so Laird Hamilton has, does this move for everyone who needs to know this, and I won't go too far on a tangent on this one. He, he'll, he'll take big weights and he'll go to the bottom of the pool and he'll try to like walk you know, as far as he can. So you got to hold your breath and you got to hold the weights and you've got to move. So you're going to really be oxygen depleted, right? My head went to, you take a nice resistance band, a nice thick one, and you grab your wife or your partner or Ronnie, you grab your roommates, whomever, you put it around the person's waist. So now they hold you. You take a bunch of big, deep breaths and then, you know, exhale really hard, like stuff we've been talking about. So now you don't have as much oxygen in you. Hold your breath grab some weights. If you don't have weights, you go grab, you know, a suitcase. We've talked about this or a bag of 20 pound bag of rice and you hold that and you just lean forward like you're in the water and you try to go as hard as you can. Right. And part of that mimics this idea of when you're in the water, there's so much resistance that now we can create this fun way. And of course, this is a very healthy way to be thinking because my head is very far from the virus right now. 
you know, I'm just trying to be present with you guys. And I'm now thinking of all these alternative methods of training, which sound fucking awesome. I'm inspired. Right. And, and I wanted to make a, a really quick uh, quip on, on, on how I've been feeling about this stuff. It's been different for me because I've been working. And with that comes all this other added stress that makes me really shift my focus from thinking about uh, all the worries of the virus. And I just have to think to myself uh, in, in only trying to judge myself and being kind to myself, I have to do the best I can with what I got. And that's all I can do. I put gloves on. I Purell my gloves. I take gloves off after I touch things and I know I can't just keep washing them. I wash my hands a bunch of times. I look at my hands and I've got some skin breakdown and I'm like, it's fine. I'm going to then use lotion, right? Um, like today I went and visited Jordan and dropped off some groceries. I put in a, a mask on and then I put a surgical mask over that. You know, it's just, I'm doing uh, everything I can to, pr- to protect myself so that when I'm in the world or working with patients or whoever else, coworkers and, and everyone else in between, I'm thinking about doing due diligence for myself because that is also doing due diligence, due diligence for them, you know, so, but I've got to take care of myself first before I can, I can even think about anyone else. So it's been, um, it's been interesting, uh, because the perspective from a lot of people who haven't been going out, I think the more time they stay in, the scarier it gets to leave. And I think to Matt's point or to Jordan's point about taking a walk, I think it's baby steps. Everyone needs to, and I'm not advocating that everyone just go, you know, jump outside and, and go run by people and, you know, go out and run errands and do all these things and, and forget the virus and forget protecting ourselves. But, you know, I, I think at some point, to Matt's point, we all have to start making, you know, small efforts towards getting back to something normal. Because, again, this can't go on forever. You know, in Maryland, where, where Matt Jordan and I are, we were supposed to start opening things yesterday was supposed to be phase one and there were, I think there was a lot of uncertainty of should we do that are we cutting the 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 parachute a little too early before we hit the ground you know maybe before we were thinking if we cut it now we're a thousand feet from the ground everyone's done for maybe we're only 50 feet from the ground but it still could be disastrous if we let it go and I think people are still struggling with that but the more that we start personally as much as we can tolerate within reason with still being cautious you know, taking those baby steps forward, I think the easier the transition will be when you decide, okay, the floodgates are open, I'm allowed to go, but maybe I'm still too apprehensive or too anxious to even go. And so I think it's important, you know, for, for I, I know my perspective is different because I leave the house a couple of days a week and I, I go to work. And it, it's sometimes hard for me to even fathom what would it be if that wasn't the case. And so, of course, I have all the empathy for everyone around me, for my, you know, my favorite people and, and, and others. But you know, I, I think because I've been going out, it, it makes it easier for me. So if, if I can, you know, be uh, of service to others to explain that, like, hey, I've been going out and, and, you know, thank goodness, like, I'm okay. I feel good. And so the more that I do and, you know, I ride my bike after work and I, I, I walk around the neighborhood and I see other people and I still keep my distance. But these are things we can do. And I think getting outside, we've talked about this before, taking a walk, getting some exercise, Ronnie, you said you went for a run, keep doing it, you know, and you keep your distance from people. And, and I think it's really important right now, wave and you throw peace signs and do all these things to other people. So you have more human interaction with, with strangers. I don't want that to become a foreign thing either. So yeah, yeah people, know, I, people I are think, afraid of each other. It's crazy. And you should, and you shouldn't be, you know, I, yeah. I, I think we have to have empathy for others. And we also have to have understanding that everyone is doing the best they can with what they got. And if they're not shame on them. 
but we're not here to judge those people because we have no idea, right? So yeah. we can only we take care of ourselves, and we hope that others are doing the same. It's been such a bummer to um, like when I am. So this morning, Natalie and I went out to this little farm creamery to grab some milk and some eggs and some stuff. And there's some people there, and everybody's wearing masks. Did and you I'm, milk the cow? No, I did. I wish I did, but okay. just checking. I'm wearing oh, my yeah. mask. But I'm smiling at everybody, like to show interaction. And I'm realizing they fucking can't even see it. Like, so <laughs> no, hoping, they can. Your cheeks, you know, yeah, they go I'm, like it, when it go. It's there. I'm Keep hoping doing it. it is. Uh, and and that's the thing. It's like I want people to know that I'm not afraid of them, and that I'm also like. It's like disarming them. It's like uh, I call it like the white guy smile. You know, like when we're like, like make that face. <laughs> it's like the same kind of thing. It's like this smile that. That now I have to show with my eyes when I'm in public, you know, um, to make people feel disarmed. And to your point, it's like if I can't show that, like then I put my sunglasses on, they really can't see it. Then it's, hey, how, you know, hey, how are you? Or like, have a good day or whatever it is, you know. And I try to be, I'm trying to be extra nice to people um, that are that are out and about and that are working and just like again making people feel comfortable with their decision to go out. And I don't even know if that's a active decision like for that reason but now that you're talking about it these baby steps this practice of getting out there more practice of you know getting back to some sense of normalcy and developing new routines that allow you to have some sense of normalcy um i think part of that too is supporting each other in that you know in those instances and in those um those actions you know um Maybe wave to people, something they can actually see or, or you know, even just I've been like, doing like, this. I've been doing like Yeah, lots of peace, peace signs, shakas. I mean the whole nine. All of it conveys a message that hopefully people understand of like, we're in this together. You know, I've got love for you. I hope you've got love for me. I'm looking out for you, you're looking out for me. Like it's all good. And I and I hope that that these new uh, thoughts and feelings and, and actions, they don't fade quickly. You know, because a lot of things fade quickly. Like we get back to normal and it's, we just take, we start taking for granted all the shit before and we go, ah, you know, oh, I'm back in my own head with my own struggles, my, with my own shit. It's not the virus anymore. It's all the stuff I used to deal with and think about. But now I'm out and I'm heightened thinking about myself and others and I'm trying to be nicer, right? You're being nicer to people. You're smiling more. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's not a gift of the virus, I don't know what it is. So I, I just, before we, because uh, I have some questions still for Ronnie, um, and I want you to say whatever you were going to say, Ronnie. But one, one thing really quick, Justin, I want to bring this up to you. I mean, with your work, you are in the medical field. The work you're going to is definitely more risky, for lack of a better word, than sure. me going out to a farm that's outside and barely interacting with people. Um, so I guess my question is, like, when you go to work, I imagine your your, your senses are heightened probably more then maybe, well, this is the question, like when you're not going to work, but when you're going to the supermarket or you're going to go run an errand to see Jordan or walking around, whatever it is, does that feel like so far removed from the heightened sense that you might have when you go to work? You know what I mean? Because again, most people, feel that, most people feel that heightened sense now just going out to the supermarket or, or something like that. You're right. feeling it for real. So what are what is it like to go to the places that we're all going to that that are not as risky? Uh, I mean, to to be completely honest, I feel I feel the same as when I left the house today uh, and and I ran into a grocery store and asked Jordan, "Hey man, like I'm going here. What do you need?" You know, and then I went over and hung out with him for a bit. 
it's the same thing because my disposition is just happy, you know, and, and I try to make sure that everyone else around me is feeling good. I oftentimes I ask, you know, Hey, you know, like what time are we having the party today? You know, to like the nurses or whomever, you know, or the, the, the cleaning service, you know, Hey, one to 10, how happy, how are we feeling today? You know, they tell me they're at a, at a seven. I'm like, well, how do we get to an eight? You know, I, I think I just remove myself from the equation. I walk in, I mean, I, I wear like a, my like lab coat kind of deal and I, I put gloves on when necessary and I carry Purell in my pocket so I can hand sanitize wherever I am. And I wash my hands multiple times a day and I disinfect my office. I mean, I'm doing all, and I, I also wipe down in my little area, there's two other doors and I wipe down the handles for everyone. And after that, I go, look, I'm doing the best I can with what I got. And, and honestly, I feel really good. You know, I, I thought about, uh, you know, what Jordan was saying uh, about some of these soft skills making you the baddest motherfucker. I mean, I was hearing him in my head as I was driving to work on Monday saying, like, dude, I feel like the baddest motherfucker. Like, I'm walking into, you know, the, on the front lines. But I feel like that's my duty right now is, is to just do my, the best I can with what I got for the people that I'm trying to serve. And honestly, that makes me kind of forget about myself. And I think that's to the point of it's easy, I think, for me to go out and, and go to the, the local nursery and pick up flowers and different plants and stuff that, and bushes that we're working on outside. And, and there were so many people out because the weather has been so beautiful the last couple of days here. I mean, I, I think you put all that together. It's it's. I feel I feel the same going there, honestly, as I do doing other things. And whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but I'm happy with that disposition. And I think because from the beginning, at you know, at first I developed a little sense of, of heightened anxiety and fear. And then the more I did it, the easier it got. And that's with most things in life. You know, I, I'm sure for Ronnie, if, if Ronnie, if, if you're if you said you're maybe newer uh, to this game of, of, of what you're currently doing, you know, if, if it's a uh, you know, going out on tour with all these different people and making all these new friends and mixing all these new bands and making sure they get what they want out of it. Uh, I'm sure at first it's, it produces a ton of anxiety, but then you start to feel like, okay, I'm getting the approval from from all of my contemporaries. So maybe I know what I'm doing. And the anxiety starts to just go down and you just start to do. Is that right? Yeah, totally right. Um, the first, first bus tour that I did was with Pliny and Animals. And I remember being so nervous and like i mean i didn't know the animals guys and you know if we're going to be honest i wasn't really fussed about them i hadn't heard much of their music but plenty i was already friends with i had already worked with them and uh so we had a nice catch-up they're australian so i hadn't seen them in a, in a little while um but i was so nervous going into that situation but like the more you do it the easier it gets and it becomes like a second nature um yeah. Well, I mean, when I said I was new, I mean, just like in the grand scheme of things, I've been touring full time since 2016 now um, with two years of, you know, part time touring before that. Um, but yeah, it's it's like it's like anything. There's an adjustment period. And I think it's the same with this situation. The adjustment period of, well, I've got to work from home now. But I have noticed, you know, on the more positive end of the spectrum like I have been talking to strangers a lot more when I go to the supermarket, even just idle chit chat while we're waiting to go in. There's like a two meter uh, queue to get into the store. And I also last week met my neighbors for the first time and I've lived in this house for four years. <laughs> so 
that was nice. They're cool. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, in a band. To So my other housemate is in a band as well. They're like, oh, we've noticed you're taking a lot of equipment in and out and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah, yeah. And small talk. We were, like, talking for about half an hour. And it was when I came back in and sat down, I was like, I can't believe I've lived here for four years and I have not spoken to these people who live, like, ten feet away, like, with share walls. And <laughs> it's just crazy that it took something like this for that to happen and you know i do hope that other people who found similar things you know like waving at people smiling at people like you know being more mindful of the space the people that you share your space with um i hope it is something that does stick around when there's a vaccine that hopefully everybody gets uh and we'll keep that sort of togetherness a bit more than we had before like going into the pandemic you know going into the lockdown there was a huge disconnect like i would go to the store and i just headphones in look down pick what i want go home but now it's like i'm i find myself like going a little bit slower and just embracing everything and being safe but at the same time if someone's like hello i'm like hey i'm not like fumbling going oh sorry sorry what was that (laughs) it's yeah it's cool it's cool it's like more i guess you guys are we're all yeah more, just everybody's more present i feel certainly more present and but then um also to go even further back in the conversation to just like feeling normal even if you have a day where it's like well i'm kind of depressed i don't want to go out the one thing that i've been doing is just getting dressed and putting shoes on because it just gives us uh, just a sense of feeling like a normal human that has been or is going to do a normal human thing and yeah just having shoes on i don't know if that's weird but having shoes on changes my mood completely i was putting on shoes this morning I, like i got <laughs> dressed put on shoes and my um my mother-in-law was like you going somewhere i was like no i just feel better wearing shoes even if it's like around the house it's just i, I feel a lot better i feel better and we've talked about that a good bit i'm glad you brought that up because just getting dressed for the day, whether it's a weekend or whether it's a normal day or every day, it's just don't lay around in the stuff that you sleep in. That yeah. in and of itself can make you feel depressed and bummed out. You know, Take a shower, get dressed, get cleaned up. Yep. And even if you're not going to go anywhere crazy, you know, just still... Yeah, it's a it's a it's a massive difference. It really is. Um, and I wanted to bring up one thing too, like talk about like new things. You know, I've been touring for a long time, like well before you yeah. even. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, like every every tour, um, especially when you tour with other bands that have, you know, good reputations, and you know they've done it for a while. It's like, all right, how are our how are our two clans gonna get? you know, how, how are we going to get along together? Right. And when we, um, the first tour we did with Pliny, you know, I was sort of like, Oh man, like here come these heathens pulling up in a van outside the, the backline company screaming at the top of their lungs. I was like, Oh my, Oh man, this is going to be nuts. And I think I even said to you, I was like, there's no way, like you're not going to get me to do these. I'm not going to scream. Yeah. I'm not going to, take part in all these, you know, little childish games. And I didn't get it at first because I was like, 
I, you know, it goes back to that thing of like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm insecure. I can't let myself be this goofy and be this nuts. But you, in particular, were the one that sort of, you know, took my hand basically and was like, come on, let's go over here. Let's go over to their bus. Just, just stand here. Like, just Who, Joe? I need a bed. What's that? Joe, you said you. Oh, you know, and you pointed, oh, it looked like you pointed to Joe um, on my end. Really different spots, but yeah, yeah. For yeah. the people, Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie took your hand. Ronnie took my hand was like, come on, <laughs> let's go. And, and it didn't even really happen fully until the second tour that we did together. Cause the first tour, there was just a lot going on personally oh, yeah. within the camps. But, um, on that second tour, Ronnie's like, come on, let's go. And I remember just like hopping up on, on Pliny's bandwagon and just observing and it was just so much fun. Like I laughed my ass off and I had a good time. And like all the fears I had of being like, you know, vulnerable, but in a goofy way went away. And the next thing you know, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm getting involved with the games. I'm like egging them on to do stuff. Um, and, I'm, and I'm seeing a different side of, of Ronnie as well because um, Periphery and Pliny – we get along really great, but we're also very different in terms of like just the vibe and the energy in both of our respective homes on tour. It's just a different thing. It's like it's a, it's a different sort of level of uh, – I don't know. I mean you probably can describe this better because you've lived with both of us. But it's just different. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Totally cool on either side, but different. Um, but getting to also see Ronnie – let loose in a way that I had never <laughs> seen him do with periphery helped me to understand him more as a person. And it, it again, it like it disarmed me a good bit to be able to open up to that side as well. Um, periphery tends to be like professional, you know, like we, 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 I don't know. You tell me, I'm curious, like the difference that you notice because it, it is a difference. It's definitely a quieter environment and everybody goes to bed early which is good because I enjoy it. I enjoy that size. But like, I don't even know how to describe this. I, it's very hard to describe the Pliny bus to anybody because if you ever like were to meet Pliny or anybody in Pliny's band, you know, particularly like Chris or Simon, the first time you meet them and definitely Jake. Wow. Jake was the quietest person I had ever met when I first met him. Uh, then to go on, like for anyone who's ever met them, they know that. They know that they're all very, like they're reasonably quiet, quite softly spoken, all the rest of it. Then you close the bus door and everybody is screaming and we're like picking Pliny up and pushing him into his bed and then stealing his curtain and pulling him out of his bed and making him choke making many years. I mean, the piss thing was the greatest thing. And making him, just making him piss, like... It's, and he doesn't even need to piss, but we're screaming at him to have a piss. And it's it's honestly just like a series of in-jokes that have built up over five years this year that have been working for Pliny. And they'll, they'll all just come out at once in this really loud, like, and it's so much fun. And we're all laughing. And, like, even the don't let go thing. Yeah. The, they know how to just take jokes to the extreme 
in the funniest way. And I remember saying to Jake, going at like Euro Tour because we were sharing a bus. I was like, I hope you know where Scream is. And he was like, Nope, not happening. There'll be no screaming in our bus. And then even even dragged Mira in on it. And Mira's like, There's no screaming in our bus. And uh, Mira's our, was by, our bus driver, by the way, guys. For yeah, yeah. So Mira, the first female Nightliner driver in the world, I think. At least ferrying bands around. She's amazing. She's very cool. She's great. Yep. Um, but yeah, I remember Jake especially was like, no, 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 that's not how we live. And then by the end of like the second tour, he's also screaming and doing <laughs> don't let go and <laughs> like just walking out on stage for no reason. Doing the flexing. With his yeah. arms in the air. And like... It's really funny how infectious the Pliny camp are because we infiltrate everyone and we did it with animals as leaders too. Javier came out as Mestis and um, he was messaging the Pliny chat when an animals tour kicked off. I, I wasn't on that one, um, but he was like, I've just started screaming at people and there's no, there's no one to scream back and they don't think it's very funny. They just don't get it. So it, it's really funny. I think the next periphery run without Pliny will be interesting because it's going to be very quiet. No, uh, but you know, I was going to say the opposite. I, I think um, it's a chi- okay. It's like a childlike sense of fun that you get to have with those guys, and once you do so it, childish. Well, but but that's the thing. It's it's all lighthearted and it's funny. Yeah. Um, once you do it, it doesn't go away. And I actually think mm-hmm. that the next periphery run is going to, to, to encompass a, a very similar sort of sense of levity um, because of how much fun it was to do that, you know, with, with those guys. And this was, this was the point I wanted to get to with this whole thing was that like, I felt, I almost felt bad and this is going to sound, might sound weird, but I felt bad subjecting you to being on our bus, especially in the beginning, knowing how much fun you were having with a group of guys that were just totally able to let go and have no inhibitions about anything that was going on. Um, and I did. I felt bad. Like when you would go with them on some some of the days off, I'd be relieved. Not because I didn't want to hang out with you. I'd love to hang out with you. But I felt like, man, this is... I get it. Ronnie has experienced this. This is where I would want to be too, <laughs> for sure. And I think that's part of the reason why we started to let our guards down. So I bring that up because I think also as much as you do live by a a code, so to speak, and are also very, very good at reading the room, um, I, I think you saw something in us and maybe it wasn't even intentional but you saw that it was a little bit more serious and rather than being like okay well they're over here and they're over here i think you and some of the other guys in the pliny camp really tried to like just bring us into it right and i'll be great i'm grateful for that because it, it opened up just a whole new level of um of interaction that we have never had before and it translated to our shows i think we felt tighter uh as people as friends as a group on stage um you know and it it was as simple as in our huddles before the show we're screaming at each other and yeah you know the the one thing i love about the pliny camp is when when they do their huddle they pick you know they do their thing but before they they do their count 
They all take a deep breath in and they look at each other in the eye. It's this thing. They like con- they, they have a connection right before they go on stage. Um, and that was really special to to adopt that and, and to like be like, you know what, we can we can do that too. And we've always had our chant before we go on stage. Yeah. But the connection I think is what is more important than the chant itself, which we were sort of lost on for many years. We just would do it because it was like, oh, let's do our chant. Instead of, wait a minute, let's make sure we, we start this connection right now before we go on stage, get on the same page, everybody's stoked, let's just go have fun. Um, yep. So, I don't know, I just I wanted to bring that up because I think you, you maybe didn't realize, or maybe you did and didn't tell any of us, but um, I think you brought out a lot more uh, fun to the road with us that we weren't exposed to before. Uh, and what I also learned too for you, for these other guys is like, you're, um, you're a bit of an instigator over there too, which is, which is <laughs> totally opposite of how I, how I pitched you in the beginning. But yeah. again, it's a, it's a safe environment for that. So, so it's cool. But, um, what I wanted to ask you about, and I'm sure the other guys have a couple questions too, before yeah. we kind of start winding down is, um, is there a routine now? Go, getting away from the touring stuff, now that we're home, back in this situation, um, have you developed a, a, like a daily routine that you try to stick to? Like, do you have a time that you wake up every day? Are you pretty flexible with that? Do you have certain days you work out, certain days you don't? Um, how how uh, how disciplined are you being with yourself and with your day to day sort of uh, routine? pretty disciplined uh at first because i was like well i'm not gonna let this take me i was like doing little home workouts and uh you know making sure i was up like before nine every day i would have a coffee you know probably watch the news which i absorb via youtube so i see more american news than i do british news somehow because your president is a very very funny man whether he's trying to be or not he's a very very hilarious man but whatever like that aside and then you know by 11 or so i'm in here grinding either mixing something or writing something or doing a cover which i'm currently doing which get good drums and neural dsp will be very happy about um and then you know have a little break have some lunch socialize with my housemates um and then back to it and then do some gaming you know talk to some friends, do some video calls, something like that. And then, you know, of course you have days where it's like, it's a little bit too much and you're just like, oh, I can't believe this is all happening. Um, But doing something like putting my shoes on will turn that around. Yeah. How do you, how do you, I mean, that's one great example, but are there other methods that you've utilized or developed to pull yourself out of that funk? Um, you know, in the words of, of our previous guest, Donnie, to wake yourself up, um, you know, like, how do you, when you're, when you're lost in that negativity or, or feeling like how, how, you know, what the fuck is happening? What are, what do you do to get yourself out of it? Uh, well, some days I can't get out of it. And, you know, that's a very human thing. And, it's nothing to be ashamed of if anyone else is in that situation. You know, everybody has those days where you 
just want to keep your sweatpants on and not talk to anyone, that's fine. But at some point, you know, I will reach out to someone, I'll text someone. I was texting you quite a lot, Matt, and, you know, reach out to people like Misha and other friends that I have at home. Um, just like, you know, instigating the conversation, how are you? How is your mental health? Because I... As, as much as it's like nothing to be ashamed of, I personally don't want to be the guy that's like, I'm depressed, help. Like, you know, I feel like it, I want to get get to that naturally. But, you know, generally speaking, reaching out to people definitely helps. Um, even if it's just not, you don't broach the subject straight away, it's a regular conversation because it will lead into it and you will end up talking to somebody and feeling better because of that. Um like, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think, I mean, even when you and I were talking, even before this, this pandemic, I mean, I think there was, there's always been a sense of sort of um, helpfulness back and forth at different times absolutely. and different things. But yeah, I remember when you did reach out to me, it was like, how are you doing? Like how, how I didn't get the sense at all. And maybe it wasn't the case, but I didn't get the sense that you were feeling like you needed to kind of get out of a funk um, because I felt like our conversation was very much, um, you know, you were you were asking how I was doing and that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And that is the message, right? Like by, by helping other people, you can truly help yourself. Well, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, even if the conversation didn't end up coming back to me, it was nice. It was a good feeling to be like, my, my bro is, he's doing well and he's being productive and, you know, he's been settling on a house and all of those other things. Um, and that's something that can pick you up is the wellness of your friends. So like, even if, you know, you, if you feel like shit some days and you don't want to talk about it, something that can make you feel better is just hearing something cool about one of your friends who has been productive or is feeling good because the energy is totally transferable, a hundred percent transferable. Yeah. I think that's why we have been doing this podcast too. I mean, so much, so much more, um, you know, uh, there was a time when maybe it seemed more of like a, just, you know, a thing that we all sort of were doing during our week. Um, and it was, it, I don't know, I, I guess for me personally, it, it, I wasn't anywhere near as excited to have the, the interaction. Um, and I wasn't anywhere near as focused on the conversations before. Um, now, I really look forward to these chats and being present um, because every single time I walk away feeling good. Every single time I walk away, like we, we end up texting each other afterwards. Like, Hey, love you guys. Like that was a great talk. I feel so pumped up. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. Like it's so cool that you can just have that by, by reaching out to a friend and being like, Hey man, how you doing? Hope yeah. you're well. You know, and that's, yep. it's great that you're doing that. Um, yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't want to keep hogging it, but yeah, Jordan, what's up? Yeah, uh, look, I have noticed the difference in you, Matt, uh, and it's so lovely. Uh, you know, and, and it goes back to what you were saying about, like, the, the band huddle right before a show. You know, you guys can, like, do something, but how much are you actually in it? How much are you feeling it? How, what, what's the quality of the, the human connection? of the spirit that that's, that's actually present in the doing, 
other things. You know, uh, often it's referred to the difference between content and process. You know, so in, in many relationships, I mean, it's just the same dynamic that just fucking goes on and on and on if there's never any type of awareness and growth. The content is different because the argument may be about a hundred different things, but the process, what's going on under the hood, underneath the actual connection, that's typically the same. And it just keeps playing out over and over. Um, I feel the same way toward the end of the first run of this uh, project. Uh, yeah, it felt more like a, a weekly thing to do to kind of check off. And now I think with this pandemic, there's such an urgency about the preciousness of friendship, the preciousness of communication, et cetera, that it's, it's really allowed us to, to be more connected to what we're actually doing. Um, so yeah, it feels really good to, to do it with all of us. Um, also with what you're sharing about, uh, you know, Ronnie helping you open up a bit more. Uh, I relate to Justin in a lot of those same ways. And I think it's so important that we're constantly auditing who are we spending time with, right? We often hear that we're the average of like the five people we spend the most time with. Other people serve as models in our lives. Other people, through their energy, through their actions, they provide space for us to try similar things. Uh, and, and I think it's really cool that you have identified Ronnie as someone that is valuable in maybe allowing you to feel more comfortable uh, trying new things on, trying new ways of being in the world. And then you can decide, I like it, I don't like it, and, 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 then, uh, and then go from there. But it, it seems like Ronnie at least had your, you know, was... was had your best intentions in mind um, as far as, hey, man, maybe this is a thing that you would enjoy. Uh, that's what I love about Justin. Justin is one of the most social creatures I've ever met. And going back to what Ronnie was saying with, uh, hey, I just met these neighbors for the first time. And we've literally been uh, coexisting physically for years side by side. Um, I had the luxury of being the first tenant in an apartment building three and a half years ago. It was similar to like moving into university for the first time. Everyone is there and like new, so people are more social. Um, I am more social in general. As years go on and more people move out and you get new tenants, like people don't make eye contact anymore. You're in an elevator and like no one says shit. For me, it takes more energy to keep my mouth shut and to ignore the person uh, than it is to just like say, what's up? How you doing? I'm going to like literally acknowledge your existence because we're stuck in this container for the next 30 seconds together. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this pandemic is, is, is helping us to, to notice the other. Uh, to me, it's weird that I, between a wall, there's two other human beings that are living their lives a few feet from me and I don't know who the fuck they are. You know, and, and look, reading the room. Every time I've said what's up, they're happy to like, you know, acknowledge my presence and then move on. So I'm not going to like press them and try to socialize. Um, but to me, it's like, yo, we're all in this together. And at least for me, I have the stomach to interact with a, with a relative stranger. Uh, and, and I found that it, it, it makes me feel good. Um, a, a hard pivot, but I have a very pointed question for both Joe and Ronnie as the audio experts in this conversation. All right. Uh, what's your favorite sound? Ooh. Oh. Make Joe go first. Yeah. Ooh. 
Is that it? Is that the sound? No. That wasn't it. I don't know. What note was that? Maybe silence. Mm. Nice. Um, Because there's so much noise all the time. Whether... Oh, this has got deep. Whether that's um, uh, physical noise with, I don't know, planes or roads or mental noise of internal monologues or doubts and worries and anxieties. So just sometimes silence is... Sometimes I really appreciate silence. I can relate to I don't, that. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like yeah. we don't get it a lot at the moment. When I, um, first, when I first started dating Natalie, we would... You know, she'd get in the car and we'd drive. And I, I don't always... Probably more often than not, I just don't put on music. Maybe I'll, like, open the sunroof a little bit or I'll put a window down and I just like the white noise. Um, and I don't want to hijack this, the answer to this question, but something popped in my mind right away when you said this. And I don't think this is like a, it's been forever, but this is just something that I, a sound that I enjoy, at least in this snapshot of my life. Um, it is the pouring of coffee beans into my grinder. That's a, that sound is great because it, it, it just triggers so many good feelings. It's like fresh beans, new cup, new day, new smell, new sounds, like new tastes, like a chance to make a really good pour over. You know, it's like, yeah, that's a good fucking sound. At the minute for me, it's the sound of the Delta Press. So for anyone who's never heard of a Delta Press, that's a D-E-L-T-E-R. It's like an AeroPress, but it's minimal contact. Brew, so no, there's a lot of people who don't even know what an AeroPress is, so you need to go back and you need to explain what oh, the, wow. the, a press is in general, like co- in relation yeah, to coffee. Beans first. Start with the beginning, like the whole. Just walk us through the, your whole morning process of making a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh Are wow! So scales out, container on the scales, zero it, nineteen grams of coffee. This is chemistry. Well, actually, little chemistry. So my scale doesn't do twenty. It is 19 or 21. <laughs> so I pour 19 until I see 21 flashing in every now and then. And I've got 20 grams. Get them in the grinder. I've got a hand grinder. That's a great sound, actually. The sound of a hand grinder, grinding coffee. Grind it up, kettle on. Uh, switch it off before it boils so you don't scald the grounds. Um, wet the filter through and the, on the Delta Press. Grounds in the Delta Press, filter on. Tip it up directly on top of your cup and then pour water in the top. It's got a um, like a scale on the side. So for 20 grams, if you do the 16 to 1 ratio, you want 320 grams of water. I weigh it in grams. And I figured out where that is on the Delta Press, so I don't need the scale anymore at this point. Um, and then, yeah, slow plunge. Very slow plunge. What is oh, that noise, though? What does so that good. sound like? Like I it's can't like even a, remember it because I think like the bus generator was so loud, or or at least oh, the noise absolutely. on the bus was so loud. I can't remember the sound of that press. It's like it's it's hard to describe. I will send you a, a voice note of how it sounds. <laughs> it does, but, but it's like it's like a light hiss, it's just a very light hiss. But that is that it triggers in my head of like, okay, the coffee's coming. I know the coffee's coming, so I get that like dopamine response from it um 
but yeah, a press is a portable coffee maker, and the Aeropress is um, the way it's generally brewed is quite a long brew. So a lot of people do a minute and a half of a full submersion um, without plunging the water out. Um, but with the Delta Press, it's like doing a pour over. So the, it hits the grounds, it filters through the grounds, and it's gone which is a minimal contact brew. So the Delta Press, the water is separate from the coffee. And as you plunge, the water goes through the coffee like it would in a pour-over and straight into your cup. So you get these delicious pour-over, like subtle flavors and, well, depending on your coffee. Um, Next tour, I'm bringing my pour-over rig. We're, we're not okay. doing, I mean, you can bring the Delta Press, but- I'll bring the Delta Press. We're doing, we're doing pour-overs pretty much as, okay. as often as possible. Yeah, a previous. Uh, guest don't worry, one. I'll make them. <laughs> I, I, dude, I'm getting, I'm getting good. So we could both make. We could, we could, cha- we could alternate days. That was always that. Hey, hey, Ronnie. Um, have you had a coffee today? You making coffee? It's like, <laughs> like, all right. I guess I'm making a couple of cups of coffee then. And then the whole bus go. Oh, are you making coffee? Oh, are you making coffee? I was like, fuck. He's so good I at making the next coffee. Twenty minutes <laughs> spent yeah. in the kitchen. Just, god damn it. Yes, but you're good at it. I'm so. good coffee. Treating treating others well. It's good. Treating others well. Yeah. Just all about. Yeah, a prior guest of ours, Jeff Blake, he's been on a couple of times. Uh, one of the, he he became a, a strong minimalist when he decided to uproot his life from Baltimore and move to Hawaii. But one of the things he couldn't let go was his hand grinder. And he said there was something about the process of actually hand grinding the beans. Now, I get it because I I went over to his house one time. We had coffee together. It's a it's an experience, right? Yeah. Jordan and I we were both fortunate enough that we we both ended up with uh, like an actual just machine, you know, with eighteen different settings, and you just you know pick from coarse to fine and whatever you want it. You hit the button and you're done. Uh, but but actually sitting there and going through, I know Matt's been really into his coffee process. I feel like I cheat because like I have a like an automatic machine. But to Matt's point of, of the beans, which stimulates all the senses, one thing that I love is I pour the beans into the hopper in the back so that beans are set for a while. And I like run my hands across it to make sure it's level. And I that's like a, a, it's a, nice. it's a whole different nice. sensation. Yeah. That's a nice yeah. one. That's it. Yeah, I like, I, yeah, I can relate to we that. We should all, I, I think everyone should make a video and post it in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash chocolate croissants of all of us uh, making our coffee in the morning and just showing yeah. that's like one part of the thing in the morning that, you know, routine that gets us going. Yeah. That I'm morning cup I'm sold of coffee. It's a great idea. Yeah. Ronnie, you should, if you can film, um, just on your phone, film a, a morning coffee process. I'll do it. Yeah. We can all do it. Joe, do you make, I just got my cold brew rig. Okay. That so works. I'm into that right now. That yeah. works. Yeah. I was talking about this yesterday. Actually, I want to start, I want to try and make a cold brew. Because I feel like I'm pretty good at the, the hot brews now, so the cold brew seems like the next logical step. But also, see, favorite sounds is fine, but favorite smells, that's another... Because I, like, I feel like I take sound for granted, because I'm just around it all the time. Um, so it's it smells like at me. So that, like, when you just take the lid off the grinder and you've got the fresh new fresh grounds mm. in the in the cup just that initial burst of coffee that, that, that there is not a smell on the planet that beats that for me that's pretty good it's pretty yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Right now, I'm living in, in Baltimore County, about 20 miles from the city where my apartment is. And so I, I've always been used to walking two blocks to, to the cafe and, and getting something fresh. And that was my way to like just be out in the world since I live yeah. alone. Where do you go? Uh, what, what, what do you go to? Charmington's right next to Auto Bar. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I love it there. And I love the people there and the, the whole vibe. I, I, I miss it like a lot. Uh, you know, right now. Um, so where I am now, and, and I can, of course, uh, you know, post a video in the group, um, but it's it's this process, it's called a, a Keurig machine. Okay. Yeah, and it fucking sucks. So you got to... <laughs> Wait, gotta, I got, but I did get you pods today, so, I, you know. Yeah, I, I appreciate the... Maybe it'll get better. Yo, your video just came back. Was Justin's video frozen for all you guys for the past, like... Yeah. It's for the past no, he was good for me. Minutes or so, yeah. Mine's still frozen. So. Oh. oh my god! And, and everyone's good on my end. Yeah, you were, you were good for me on, on our video, so we're good. Um, there's a drummer friend uh, named Eric Improta who's got a series of videos uh, yeah. of him throwing the pods into the Keurig, like oh uh, nice, okay, like nailing it every time. So that's how you can make the Keurig more fun: is practice it like basketball, or like just yeah. you know getting it right through the hoop. Um, okay. I was going to ask, have any of you guys, um, so, so Justin or Joe, do you, have you guys done your own pour overs ever? Have you, have you played around with that? I know Ronnie, no. Ronnie has. So have you done ice pour overs? So I've been doing I've that. I've had all of your iced pour overs. Yeah, that but, wasn't that wasn't good. That that was. But the like, pour over becomes like a whole separate process of like having to buy more things, and I think there's there's something about in my kitchen trying to not have you know we have this like amazing delonghi coffee machine that that you can put a carafe on the side it'll make a cappuccino it'll make an espresso shot or a double espresso it'll do uh an americano it'll do all these things sure and then and we have a cold brew mechanism where it's got the filter in the middle and you can put the the beans in and let them steep 16 20 hours and but it just becomes it just becomes like another thing that you're like, all right, am I really going to sit here? Which which now I have a little bit more, uh, it, you know, time is a little more finite in the morning for me. I don't have as much. I can create more yeah. if I want to get up earlier. Yeah. Uh, but with all the things that I'm also trying to do in the morning, with having a good healthy morning routine to get myself awake before I have to go do, to have a whole other process of like blooming the coffee. Mm. You yes. know, and then letting it drop in the, and you know, look, I hit the button and I love that, that I can compost or just dump the, the grinds that are now sitting there. And it's not a thing like when I had an espresso and all that plastic, that single use plastic, I always felt like, yeah. God, I'm like doing double espresso, like twice a day, you know, like a quad shot kind of thing. And it's like, then I'm just chucking all this stuff and be, I'm always buying them. Now it's like being the cup. This is like, you know, now our conversation has gone totally just a coffee, but <laughs> no, but that's fucking great. And, you know, neither here nor there. But yeah, it's it's we, we have we have other mechanisms we don't even use. Like we have a, you know, the percolator, like the, the American style making a drip coffee and we have a bean grinder and it just sits upstairs. Yeah. Eventually, I'll probably bring it to my office when it feels safe to make your own coffee. It's you know, interesting, though. Process I, at work. I think you would really like the pour over. Uh, I'll just I, I really house and do it well but it's but this is the thing to your I'll point ronnie's house and do it it's such a small rig you're welcome it's such a small rig that that if you know once you get down the system it's it's really easy and it doesn't take too much time um but i think knowing you i think you would really enjoy 
the small tweaks that it that you can do to really make it better or whatever the you know to, to, and, and it, this is the thing every bean you use is going to require different tweaks so it never gets boring it it is always fun to find the right combination uh and what i was going to say was Ronnie, I'll send you a video link from the Vigilante Coffee guys where they teach how to do a Japanese iced pour over, which all that really means is, so you take your catcher, you put 100 grams of ice in the catcher, and then I do a a 22 gram, 15 to 1 ratio. So I put, I got the 100 grams of ice in the catcher, 22 grams of coffee on top, and then you pour in 230 grams of water. Because the ice melts, so it ends up being the yeah. full 15 to 1 ratio. Um, yeah. But then after that's done, you aerate it, and then you pour it over ice. And it's a totally different experience with the same beans. So like in the morning, I have my hot pour over. And it's yeah. like today, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go make myself an ice pour over. Because it's just a nice afternoon treat. And it's like the beans that I like are floral and, and are aromatic. And, you know, it's just, mm, it's good stuff. But we, buy, we buy this thing at the grocery store called cold brew, you know, and it comes in a container. <laughs> and, and granted, when we would make cold brew, I feel like you use half the freaking bag because it's like a two to one ratio. It's like whatever well, right. you would use for a cup of coffee, you use so much more. And I feel like, where the fuck did the whole bag go? I'm out of coffee already. I got to run to the store. But see, that's right? why, that's why I like so this. It's a, it's a right. So, but like, you know, I can have a hot cup of in the morning. I can have a cold right here. The fridge is literally like three, three steps for me Hold on, and man. I'm ready to go. But I think wait, I, I want to hear Jordan's commentary about all the coffee. Well, wait, before real you quick, do Jordan, one thing, there's, no, 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 real there's, quick, there's real an quick. important thing to note, which is there's a big difference between cold brew and an iced pour over. And I think the biggest difference I don't disagree with that. <laughs> is freshness. Because you're getting the, the reason you have a pour over, the reason you make a pour over with fresh beans is to get the freshest, best, most optimal taste out of the bean in an instant, right? You can't get That's that. That's like with, the curing, the curing too. You can't, no, but you can't, no, but, but the beans have been sitting there already ground for like months potentially in a warehouse. This is like, Beans that were roasted a day ago, then you're grinding them up, then you're blooming them and getting all of the the different gases out of them and the smell and the taste, and then you can pour it over ice and really enjoy it. So just let's clarify, there's a difference in freshness amongst many other things that we just can't uh, put a value on. I mean, you can, the cost of the beans and the the rig, but... (laughs) That, here's, that, here's you know, why that sense of smell and taste, bar none. Here's why I'm laughing because I'm omitting the words like coffee and beans, and I'm just hearing all of my stoner friends talk about like their $800 <laughs> with multiple chambers and the different ways of like percolating yep. and like the right way to like light it and all that. Um, it's wonderful. I love coffee. I also love weed. Um, I don't go as deep in either of those, uh, but the coffee I'm, I'm far more interested in. I think it would be fun to, to learn some of those processes and like have some of that equipment. Every, every time I go to Nolly's house and he's got like a new piece of equipment, I always leave being like, shit, I need to get one of them. And the last thing, 
Right. Yeah, talk about knowledge. Thing. I mean, talk about someone who values the nuances of coffee. There's yeah. a guy, right? But it's probably yeah. also he. He probably values the nuances in almost everything. He does. He does. Uh, yeah. Right? yeah. So, like, yeah. When, when you start talking about this, we start going back to like, you know, I feel like I'm 16 again, and I'm in chemistry class, and you've got that thing that's got like chamber, and this is to Jordan's point. This is like the massive bong thing, right? Of like, I got this thing and a thing, you know. And 18 feet later, I try to take a hit, and the thing just breaks, right? <laughs> But what are those coffee contraptions? I I will go on eBay and I will try my best to make offers on, you know, once a year when I get a kick that I feel like I should have this four foot tall glass thing that takes 38 hours or whatever it is yeah. to have the thing go from up here to like all the way down. I get one little drop and I'm feeling like it's some gold, liquid gold. I want it. But maybe, Matt, that's what you need yeah, in your I new house. It. I want it. I've I've looked at that for the new house. Actually, I've looked at and not to cut you off, Roddy, but I've looked at a big like three foot rig that I can do. But here's the thing: Yamas are they Yamas? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. That's the thing. I'm not going to buy it until I actually know what it is, how it works, what the point is. Um, But when I we've never been more hyped on this podcast. I was about to say (laughs) no one has ever been this animated. Coffee, (laughs) coffee is a polarizing thing, and it's a and it's a it's a. It's a very exciting topic, but um, I have like espresso in my veins. But let me, but but honestly, when I got into coffee, to and 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 this is a newer thing to where I'm really getting into my own pours. Like on the tour, I wasn't into it as much, anywhere near as much as I was now. It was a gradual thing. But once I decided, like, all right, you know what, this is something I want to get into. I didn't go and buy stuff first. Yeah. I actually went to Vigilante Coffee, and I took a class. On how to make pour overs and how to and, and understanding the equipment and understanding the this and again it's one class so I I have way more to learn but my point is and maybe this translates into anything which is like before you go invest money in something go learn about it first and see if it's something that you want to do because there's a good chance I could have gone and be like ah oh, this is just too much I just want to have somebody make me coffee or whatever I'm going to buy a Keurig and fuck it um, but I end up. I ended up really getting into it and now it's something that I on a daily basis we've talked about this it is akin to putting on your shoes and putting on your clothes it is an accomplishment um it is a challenge that you can give yourself on a daily basis and that is really how I'm looking at it especially yeah one sec Joe especially during this time I'm looking for daily wins that make me feel good that I can actually no pun intended taste or feel um, and, and coffee, I think why I'm so passionate about it right now is because it, it is on a daily basis, maybe the most consistent thing that I'm challenging myself with, um, around the same time every day and every day brings a new challenge and I don't always succeed when I get a new type of bean and I, you know, play around with it. Sometimes it's not a 15 to one ratio, right? And we don't need to get into the, the nuances of that, but like it doesn't taste as right. So I got to up it. I got to go to 18. I got to, I got to figure out the coarseness of the, of the bean of the grind. I have to figure out the temperature of the water, how long to wait. Um, you know, how long the whole pour should be. There's point is there's just so many different tweaks to it, but I love the challenge of it. And what's cool about this method when you're using fresh beans is even if it's not a great cup, it's still going to be better than most of the shit you can drink out there. But the key is yeah. to how can you make it as good as possible? 
And I look at that on a much bigger level on a daily basis as a challenge that I'm going to focus on, take seriously. I'm very, you have to be very present when you're pouring. And I've noticed, of course, the moments that I look away or look at my phone or somebody says something, I fuck up the pour inevitably. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned um, through this process that I'm really trying to practice every single day. So I don't want to take it too ser- you know, get too serious with this response, but 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 it might be something um, that people can relate to directly, or I'm sure there's other practices that, if done every day, could have the same level of focus and presence. You know, um, Joe, what were you going to say? I was just going to ask: Do you, would you say that coffee is very grounding? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is. Holy shit, he's funny. <laughs> Joe's really funny. Yes. Do a quick five for us. Do a quick five for us, Joe. It is. It is. Yeah. We, can, wait, hey, wait, Joe, when you do the, the edit for um, for this episode, can you have like a sure. crowd cheering in the background after that comment? Yeah. Sure. That was great. Um, use the, the Apple Loops kids laughing. Yeah. That's, yeah. I know the exact so one you're on about. You know exactly which one I'm on about. Yeah. Yeah, me too, guys. just just a quick question has like in in once we went on the coffee rant did anyone think about the virus no but that's the point point. not one right right so like i mean just just bring up the gift of of this connection right something that probably wouldn't have been going on right now and like us sitting here laughing i've actually been sharing uh a, a show with jordan that happens every monday uh, these two guys in the MMA world. And I swear, this is like, I've been itching for this on this podcast. It's like every time I watch an episode with them, they laugh so hard that they're always in tears. I'll share a clip with the four of you after this. Uh, but it's, but I mean, this has been, uh, this has been very healthy and, and very cathartic, very therapeutic. This has been, yep. you know, this is, this is the, the conversation that we have after the podcast and we'll just have it on the podcast. Like this is a fucking great place to be. And, yeah. and it's a great time to have with all of you. And who here doesn't want a coffee right now? I fucking want a coffee. I want a coffee. I, I don't it's too late, Joe. Me. It's like it's like ten o'clock at night for Joe, right? Oh, yeah, it's and Ronnie, right? And Ronnie, right? It's twenty. It's We've been recording for an hour and forty-five minutes, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, so there you go. But, I can't drink a coffee in the evening. I'll be up all night. Yeah, don't I'm do that. Gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Gonna you should do it, dude. And if you have ice right now, try the um, try the ice pour over. We so uh, the other night the refrigerator uh, at Natalie's parents' house. Like actually, I was making an ice pour over. I went in to grab the ice, and I noticed that the ice cubes looked watery. And I was like, "Uh oh, what's that?" And then I opened up the refrigerator and noticed that it was like 50 degrees and going up. So the refrigerator shit the bed. So luckily they have another one in their garage, like a garage, uh, a refrigerator with a with a freezer in there. But it's definitely way smaller, and we have lots of shit that like was in both the freezer and the refrigerator, and the freezer and the refrigerator in the garage. So we had to whip out all these coolers and get ice, and like we have just it's insane in the garage right now. But um, it's making me appreciate again, like finding the good in these bad things. It's like making me appreciate ice. I'm so grateful to have a freezer that's always running, that's producing ice all the time so that I can use it however I want to use it, you know? Um, 
and it's it's cool to find the again the you know be grateful find gratitude in these small corners that we we don't always expect to stumble into you know so well um I think this is probably a good place to take it out. Everybody wants coffee, and it's getting late for our, <laughs> our, our British our British friends here. Um, but is there anything else that anybody wants to bring up or or dive into before we uh, we part? Joe, yes. I'm stealing this from another podcast called All Work No Play, but I, I thought it'd be cool if we all recommend something for the listeners to enjoy or watch or listen to in the coming week. Which you have enjoyed recently? Uh, I have one that I'm still in the midst of, and I'm going to probably steal this from Justin. But uh, the most recent, as of yesterday, the day before, Joe Rogan podcast episode with Rhonda Patrick. uh, Oh, I need to watch that. It's fantastic. Um, Very educational, very current. Um, and funny enough, I was watching it yesterday when I was in my little sauna joint as they're talking about the benefits of sauna use and then how great a cold shower is after the sauna. Um, but I think that's my recommendation is, is if anybody listening wants to learn more about, uh, ways to protect themselves, build their immune systems, practice better, um, health, do, do more things right now, uh, given the state of the world, there probably are there's not many experts out there uh as worth listening to than Rhonda Patrick I think she's pretty amazing Justin would you concur I would concur okay just make it sure I mean you 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 are a health professional I just want to make sure I'm not uh Justin that is the most succinct you have ever been Look, I can buy into it all I want. I can like, like I can watch it and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is one of the things that you and I would talk about if we were working out or training together. I'd be like, hey, did you watch that episode with, with Joe Rogan and Rhonda Patrick? And we would have probably an hour long conversation about what is true, what's you know, what's right. wavy. So I'm just curious, you know, do you feel I, I haven't started yet because it is three hours long. But it is. I mean, the first two or three or four times she was on Joe Rogan, that was that was the catalyst and that was the impetus that sent me back to school to become a dietitian. So, like, yeah, I mean, I think of her as like one of two north stars of health and wellness and nutrition. Her and Dr. Peter Atia are kind of like my go-to's, and I think right now both of them are, are crushing it. I mean, especially Peter Atia, he's put together a whole you know, just rock star team of people that are just trying to dissect all of the information that's out there and trying to distill it down to something that is of value uh, and of service for everyone. So we can try to understand what's going on and what are the best practices we can put into play. But yeah, uh, Ronna Patrick is like, I mean, I could go on and on and on about it, how cool Dr. Ronna Patrick is and, and how we should all be listening to all the advice that she's putting out there. Um, but, and I'll, I'll go real quick. Uh, Joe, uh, I'm going to give... Um, just an action that I think people should go do to your point of grounding. Something I've been thinking about a lot is grounding of taking my shoes off and going like walking in the grass and just kicking around. So we've been doing a lot of yard work. I've been walking barefoot. I also realized like how my, my feet just are not seasoned. You know, I stepped on a thorn yesterday. I thought I was going to die. So, (laughs) you know, so it was, it was bad. I like dragged my toe through it. I was like, Oh, I'm just not cut out for this yet. Right. Um, but I think it's important right now, getting outside, healthy vitamin D, you'll hear that, I'm sure, a lot in the Rhonda Patrick 
podcast, uh, getting outside and feeling good and really connecting something to the earth. So putting my feet in the grass has been really rewarding. So I'll challenge everyone to go do some grounding. Zordon? Uh, I watched this when it came out maybe less than a year ago on PBS in the States, but I think it's on Netflix. Uh, Dave Chappelle, the special when he received the, the Mark Twain Prize. I that think was awesome. Kennedy Center. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's a lovely uh, edit of the ceremony, uh, but also his work in, in the community in D.C. where he grew up. Uh, and also, I think the night before, he did a really intimate stand-up special with invited guests, it seemed. Uh, he, I mean, beyond just being one of my favorite comedians, uh, the way he defends the art form of comedy in his remarks that night was, was really touching and empowering for me. Uh, it, it, he demonstrated why he earned the, uh, the privilege of that award. So I, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix and I highly recommend it. Yeah, it, 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 I watched it, it a few is. weeks back. It was great. Yep. It was great. Um, did you watch, uh, Jordan, did you watch that Tom Segura special yet? Ball hog? Not yet, but I watched, I didn't realize uh, Aziz Ansari had uh, a, one from last year. I watched that last night. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed that, um, probably more than I enjoyed any any other stand-up specials I've seen him do. I think he handled his uh, public controversy really well and, and was a good example of getting ahead of one's narrative and taking ownership. Uh, and, and I saw a lot of Chappelle in his mannerisms, too, that I didn't pick up in, in previous specials. So, um, yeah, uh, it was, it was uh, an hour uh, spent well. If you have time, if you don't have plans tonight, um, you really, I, I can't encourage enough for all you guys also to watch the Tom Segura special on Netflix. It's his newest you know, one called Ball Hog. It's phenomenal. Okay. Phenomenal. Cool. What's the one before that? Um, I've seen it too. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's also... That one, that's probably because a lot of times I watch these comedy specials and like I'm three minutes in and I look over at Carly and I'm just like, I don't know. I haven't laughed once. Like I can't, you know, yeah. and let's try 10 more minutes. And then it's like, eh, it just keeps falling flat. Chappelle, the ones that Chappelle has out on Netflix. I mean, those are, are, are definitely the exception, but the, the one before, and I'm blanking on what it is, but the Tom Segura one that had me like falling out of, out of my chair. I mean, that was just like, um, that's, too, it's, it's, is it disgraceful? Yeah. Disgraceful. Disgraceful crushed me. So, so that's another way to like, you know, break up what's going on right now. The monotony of maybe thinking about negative thoughts. Yeah. Go watch that and get lost in that one. I think hour. so, Justin, I think if you liked disgraceful ball hog picks up right where that left off, that those two in particular are like of, of equal great quality laughs. And even there's some overlaps there too, of like certain topics. So uh, if you haven't seen that one either, you should definitely watch it. It's it's like I laughed the whole time. So it was great. Ronnie. Uh, I just started the Netflix series uh, Trial by Media. I don't know if you guys have that in the States. Uh, yeah, I, it's on there. I, I saw the um, the trailer for it. I haven't dug in yet, but. It's, it's very, very <laughs> interesting. Uh, it's not very funny, but. Not everything in life is funny. And uh, it kind of makes you go, whoa. <laughs> it's, it's basically focused on how uh, the media can shift a court case. 
mm. without ever being directly involved, just based on their in influence on the people who are involved and how they'll like play up with the cameras and it completely like swings a case in a direction that you would never imagine it to. Um, yeah, I think I'm on episode four. They're like the episodes are like an hour long, and uh, they're all based in America, so you'll probably remember most of them. But uh, it's directed by uh, George Clooney and somebody else. Uh, yeah. So Great. is it a was, is it a documentary? Yes. Yeah. And each episode is a different case. Correct. Yeah. Understood. Wow. Yeah. Cool. It looks it's yeah. Very, it looks really good. yeah. Yeah. It looks really intriguing for sure. When I watched the trailer for it, I added it to my watch list. Um, Nice. It looks scary. Like it's scary. Like how the media can sway the court of public opinion, whatever direction they want it to go, and that seems to be what it's about. Um, but again, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't want to say too much. But um, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. How about you, Joe? I shared this in the group yesterday. Uh, Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/chocolate-croissants. I have to be careful when I say that now because I'm also used to saying slash group slash GGD forum. And it rolls off the tongue easier. But yeah, the other one. Um, an artist called Aurora, who's a 24-year-old uh, Norwegian lady. Yeah. And I was saying it's the first time I've ever felt like loved and cared for by music. And it's had like a really strong impact on me. Um and it's been a, a really big shift in my perception of music because all her music. Some, I think I sh actually sent you a link, Matt, called Apple Tree, where she's like covered in blood. Yeah, but it wasn't this particular song. No, but um, right. the artist in general. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she just released a new song two days ago. Two days ago, called um, "Exist for Love," and it's about how at humanity's core, the only thing that we really exist for is uh, to love each other and i think that's a really important thing to bear in mind at the moment because whilst we are all in it together it's also a very polarizing time and i think some people are being pushed away from one another for that um so i think it's good to just try and remember that uh well to go back to the beginning don't be a dick to each other or yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's well done yeah yeah well, that's a great place to take us out. That's a nice message to leave with. Um, oh, yeah. Jordan, you're on. Yo, this was fun, guys. Good job. Um, it's funny. Every time we do this, uh, Matt will kind of shoot us a message and like, yo, we're keeping this one to an hour, guys. And we're all like, yeah, yeah like that sounds good. And even with Donnie, we were like, you get 30 minutes. And that went like 75 minutes. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's a, a testament to the enjoyment of us doing this, uh, which is what should be guiding our uh, decision making uh, in the first place. So, yo, Ronnie, like you're cool as shit, man. I like you, dude. <laughs> I love you all. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this with us. Dude, you know, I will 100% be back. Hell yeah, man! Yeah, you will be back. This is a lot of fun. Um, nice. Uh, we you look. We appreciate your your generosity uh, in your time and, and what you shared, uh, dude. Don't be a dick. Like that's that's the take home message. Um, in in my beatwell groups where I you know share uh, rhythm music making and and all the things that go underneath the surface of that. 
I'm, I'm always talking about self-awareness, but ultimately it's in the service of group awareness. It seems like, Ronnie, you have a ton of group awareness, and that is uh, one of the keys to, to your massive success and doing shit that you want to be doing in the world and making money doing it as well. So well done. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Amen. Uh, uh, Justin, Joe, Matt, uh, you guys are wonderful. Uh, I, I believe it was Matt that titled the Skype chat Saturday Boys with a Z. Uh, it, it makes me feel the closest I've ever been to a, a classic five-piece boy band of white guys. <laughs> and uh, Saturday Boys, that's, that's what it is. The Saturday so, Boys, yeah. It's for the Saturdays for the boys? Sure. Boys. Boys. Yeah, make an IZ next time instead of YZ. There, yep, okay. Mm. You got it. Um, so, uh, we'll, we will be back next week. Of course, you've heard it like 14 times, uh, almost as many times as you've heard the phrase to your point in this episode, facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. Uh, we are there right now and we welcome you to join us. Uh, be kind to yourself. Don't be a dick. And until next time, a bye-bye.